Hello, welcome to Utabia Stephen Chicken, joined down the line by David Hartrick. How are you doing, Dave? Not too bad, Utabia Stephen Chicken. <laughs> Good to hear it, Utabia David Hartrick. Uh, yeah, we've got a defeat to talk about today. Huddersfield Town have lost to Reading. It's another defeat after going ahead early in the game. Fraser Campbell scores a load of poachers' goals, doesn't he, Dave? Um, <laughs> gave him that fourth-minute lead. Um, but then it all collapsed once again in the second half. It's it's becoming a bit of a familiar pattern, this. Yeah, it, uh, Reading started really, really poorly. And, I mean, I, I, I'm I sat in front of you at the game. But we can't, because I have to, because uh, I'm online basically through the game, you're doing the blog, we can't actually communicate directly. So we have to text each other, despite only sitting three feet away from each other. Uh, what two meters? I should say social distance. Um, and I said to you, Reading were absolutely there for the taking. I mean, for it, in the first twenty minutes, I think there were three occasions where a town player was allowed to basically run thirty yards with the ball. You know, almost completely unchallenged. And they got their goal, but they couldn't get. They couldn't build on it again, and it it's becoming an issue, isn't it? Um, because all all that happened was slowly Reading wound themselves up into the game. Halftime came at a perfect time for them because they just started to get into the rhythm and just started to get going. So they went in at halftime, got their rollicking, and came out, you know, feeling confident and raring to go. And and second half, they just basically they they. That first sort of 15, 20 minutes of the second half, they, it felt like they uh, were really turning the screw, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've highlighted the, the possession stat and, and possession obviously isn't the be-all and end-all and, and these things can be misleading sometimes. But I think it speaks volume if I tell you that first 30 minutes town had 57% possession. Uh, the next 30 minutes they had 39% possession and then the final 30 town were back up to 64 again. And yeah. I think that just tells you that, that Reading absolutely blitzed them in, in that period. Um, that, that I'm looking at Reading's past success rate as well. They, As you say, they started the game really sloppy that first sort of 30 minutes or so. Um, They're only completing about 77% of their passes. But in that, that period, that 30 minute window, they, they upped their game and got it to 91% and they just took control. I think control is the word and they had town running all over the pitch after them um, and and they just I mean you and I said during the game they just they just looked exhausted and, and Reading seemed to pick up on that and just absolutely ran them into the ground. Yeah and it was I think there was ways you could have you could have maybe changed that game and I think the substitutions we're going to have to talk about again um, but yeah. I do, I do think the opportunity was there for Town, particularly after scoring that first goal to really push on, and they just didn't really take it. And there was, there was a ten, fifteen minute spell in that first half where the sort of lack of quality from both teams was was pretty stark. You know, there was the, the very, very simple passes going astray and just constant turnover of possession all the time um but it's worth talking about the goal a bit for a minute because that was another absolutely brilliant ball from Isaac Benza wasn't it yeah his delivery has been pretty fantastic this season mm. I think everyone everyone always talked about his speed and I think people assumed that he was he's a player who you know because he's he's quick and he's a winger that he's going to be doing loads of tricks and I don't think that is his game actually I think he's his best quality is is his passing and his his 
technique and his the 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 kind of deliveries he can put in, which we've seen from set pieces as well um, this season. And yeah, it was a fantastic ball. As a striker, that's exactly where you want it, isn't it? Just yeah. in that area where you can attack yeah. it. Yeah, it it was like Campbell will take three of them a game all day long, quite happily. And I think the goal was quite indicative of how the game was going because Benz had made a very sort of simple run and he was in acres of space and he was allowed that time to, to pick Campbell out. Who rose and it was a good header, but it was it was just such a simple goal. And I genuinely thought, right, go for it now. Get, get your foot on the accelerator. Try and get another. And I thought there was a world where Town could have gone in two or three up at mm. half-time. But... Yeah, they just they retreated a little bit. One or two players were struggling. Again, I think we need to talk about O'Brien and Iting a little bit at some point. But that that goal after half time. Um, I mean, Lucas Shaw is a he's a very canny centre forward. He's a very good. He's good at he's good at what he does, and it, it doesn't always lead to goals. It would be fair to say, but he, I mean, he's. Romani Edmonds Green got bullied out of that first one, and yeah. you would have you would say that was a the kindest thing to say on that was that was a real learning moment, wasn't it? I think, and yeah. I think it was also slightly indicative of having a young goalkeeper and a young centre back there because you can see Edmonds Green look twice back at Schofield, expecting a shout or expecting him to come. So he's already slightly he's on the half turn while Zhao is basically sort of in and got a run, and then he just gets pushed off the ball basically yeah. but then this the second goal comes from uh, a terrible turnover of possession but then there's a lot of work to be done and and what a, what a finish it was like yeah he just I, I think Romani again should be maybe a little bit tighter on him but I mean that that shot comes when no one's expecting it and to be yeah. fair it's a fantastic finish I think that's to an extent one of those goals where you go well fair enough like yeah there's there's you you can pick fault at at one or two little things but I mean sometimes you just get get done by by a bit of a rocket yeah. and, and that's what that was he's not tapped that in from the edge of the six yard box I mean even if you've made a couple of mistakes he's still 24 yards from goal mm. with you know with players in front of him and with only a certain section of the goal to aim at and he you know drills it bottom corner it was a brilliant finish I thought yeah I think we had someone sort of message us saying are we still as high on, on Edmund's green after after that game and and particularly that first goal and there was another moment as well where he got turned on the halfway line but Mm. I think as you say it's it's a learning moment for him I think we have seen that sometimes if he if he gets touch tight to a an attacker sometimes they can just push him off the ball kind of thing It, it happened with with Robert Glatzel as well in that that Cardiff game um, where he, he just got his positioning slightly wrong and then when he tried to get back and and sort of shoulder barge him he just got pushed off the ball and I think Zhao sort of did did the same thing to him so I think there's I think there's uh, there's a definite area for improvement there I think just just making sure that you not get in I think he's, he's it's almost the same thing we said about um, Stankovic although not to the same degree which is I think he's a little bit too nice. Uh, on the floor mm. sometimes I think you just need to learn to be a bit of a um, a little bit nasty to a centre forward and not wor- learn how far you can go without conceding a penalty because I think probably if you if you go o- 
overly muscular and try and force someone off the ball at a, at a youth level, you're probably going to have a penalty given against you. But in the championship, you can get away with a lot more. And I think that's what he needs to, to learn, really. Yeah. But you also, you just don't face a Lucas Shaw in youth football. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah. It's not a challenge you come up against at all. Uh, I mean, in youth football, you don't really get like a really strong physical striker. So you do, there is going to be a learning curve. And I mean, it, mm. it's not just for Edmunds Green. We've talked about Schofield going through the exact same thing. He's still being targeted at set pieces. If you look, most teams are trying to get a man either side of him so that he's got to come through people to, to, to collect the ball. Um, that's just a young footballer. That's what that's what the championship for better or for worse that's what it's all about you know putting that sort of challenge in the way of young footballers but I think with Edmunds Green the other thing is that he's he's not he needs to work on his physical battles because basically his recovery pace is so good and I've talked before about how mentally he just gets the defending side of the game he knows where he needs to be that he just hasn't had to do this before he's he's never had a striker with an arm on his shoulder and an elbow on his chin and you know pushing him out the way he just just hasn't done it and he's still growing he's still I mean that's the other thing he's quite a slight young defender at the moment and he'll fill out a bit I also just wonder if if Nabi Sar we've talked about a lot and the good and the bad side and everything else I I wonder what Edmunds Green would be like if he was playing next to Stearman or Schindler potentially for for a run of games just not and that isn't a slight on Sar at all but just having that more experienced hand and voice talking him through and etc etc I just wonder if it would be slightly different for him but you know it's not to be it is what it is and he's just got to sort of pick himself up and go again but no I'm certainly still very much in president of the Reds fan club <laughs> yeah no I, I would I would echo pretty much everything you said there and it, it'll it'll come and and you have to accept this and the club will accept this with with young players and I think that on the whole Edmunds Green has done a, a fantastic job uh, I think he's done he's lived up to the expectations because you, you always worry uh, on this podcast when a young player comes through or a new side and arrives and you talk them up um, because you inevitably, you know, if you're as we've found, if you if you get it wrong, people will call you out on it. And yeah, um, but I don't think I don't think with Edmund Screen, I have had particular reason to feel like we've we've got it wrong. I think we've we I would stand by everything we said, and I think his his performances on the whole have have borne that out. Yeah, yeah. The it, it's the the thing is there's there's this is the model that town want to adopt going forward so i think one of the things we need to be careful about is if you're going if you if you get frustrated at a young player or somebody making a mistake like this the whole philosophy for the club going forward is to bring through two or three youth prospects every single year now that's great and it's brilliant and we me and you both fully support that but at the same time you are going to have difficult games you are going to have difficult moments there are going to be goals that come as a result of those difficult moments so to an extent unfortunately you just have to take it on the chin don't you yeah the same as you know any senior player you sign at this level they're playing at this level because they are flawed yeah it's the same thing we've said a million times and it's i don't think the young players are any any different in that and no yeah, we'll. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, he's he's going to be in the side for the, for the foreseeable future in any case because 
I think that that obviously with Richard Stearman's going to be out for another month uh, at least, and and Schindler, we're we're looking at uh, at least another few weeks on top of that. I think we're looking at sort of March at least before we get Christopher Schindler back. Carlos Gorbran has sort of hinted that they're looking at wingers and centre backs in this this transfer window as a priority because of the injuries they've got, and you can understand that even if it's uh, as as well as Edmunds Green is is doing. They do, you know, they've got Romani Critchlow left, and then you're you're really looking at um at, at YouTube, you know, Lurk Aina from from the B team after that. So you can understand and, that. Yeah, and I, you know, I've spoke about it before. I think I think Critchlow is a level below Edmonds Green as well. So mm. I don't think it's just a sort of like for like. Well, if if Edmonds Green's not working, you can just put Critchlow in there, and it's it's fine. So, but uh, these are the long term challenges for the club. This is this is the thing. You don't. If you if you are going to adopt this model, they don't just come out of youth football and development squad football, you know, completely moulded and ready for the first team. It's just not how it happens. And to be honest with you, attackers get away with it far more because their mistakes often aren't as high profile and don't lead to goals. You know, after a while, if you've got a young striker and he hasn't scored, it becomes a bit of a a bit of an anchor to weigh him down, to say the least. But it's it's not the same. The pressure is on defensively and in goals. So you just, as I said, you just have to take it on the chin, really. What I think was was more sort of worrying, if I'm honest, is that Town go one nil up in a game, can't kill it off. Reading step into the game. Town just didn't have an answer. They they really really struggled, and they just all looked. Well, they just looked gassed, didn't they, Steve? Yeah, from from quite early on as well. To be honest, I think I think the Reading obviously they just took control because I said earlier, you know, they just blitzed them and and pointed at the, those possession stats. Watching the game, it was not an exciting game. It was to be honest, the first half was really dull. Um, between <laughs> sort of minute minute 20 and minute 40 um, it was a dull game but that was because mm. Reading just sort of decided to start putting their foot on the ball and, and start uh, basically taking taking town apart by taking control of the game and I, I think they've they did they did actually a nice job there Reading of of going right we're getting done here <laughs> you know mm. we could be we could be 2-0 down at this point the Let's take the sting out of it, slow things down, and then we can look to to build that up and and just wear them out by keeping hold of the ball. And I think we saw Town doing a lot of that at the start of the season, um, trying to to take that possession based approach. I think we criticised them because that became a bit sterile um, for a while, and I think they have been a bit more direct the last few games, um, and it, it has helped them get those those good starts because they are actually starting games quite well I think no team has scored more goals in the first half than town this season so they're they're getting those quick starts off right but then I think what they're then struggling to do is make that transition back once you're ahead into doing what Reading did to town which is getting on the ball wear the opposition out by by keeping the ball and I think that to be honest I think the midfield Jonathan Hogg has been fantastic but I think Lewis O'Brien has been beneath his best obviously he's playing on the left wing at the moment um, but Carol Iting definitely the last few games has been been subpar and Bakuna is, is on his way back up um, to be fair to him after we gave him a lot of criticism and I, I thought he was decent again in this game um, not brilliant but decent and um, but I think overall that it's the same problem we had we discussed a few weeks ago that midfield just doesn't seem quite 
fully cohesive yet. It's not firing on all cylinders. No, and I I think I I'm not so sure I seems comfortable in the four two three one. I think he's far better in a four three three. Um, he seems I I think he's struggling a little bit physically as well because he's not he's not had to play a run of games like this. And we've spoke before about what a bear pit the championship is, and he's he'll come again you know he'll his his body will adapt and change and he'll I'm sure he'll have another good run before the end of the season and O'Brien has not been the same since the injury but we know he all the talent in the world is in there don't we but like Toffolo and Pippa both come the second half both look really really tired really really tired mm. both were struggling to get up and down and the problem is with town is that they're such a big part of their attacking skill set um, that if, if they're struggling then town are struggling and yet you know if Inventor scores either of those chances yeah. then we're having a different conversation aren't we yeah he had two pretty presentable ones I think only one of them weirdly got shown on the, the highlights package uh, on Quest which which one was did they show? The 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 one that the 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 one that was more forgivable, weirdly. Uh the one where Campbell knocked it back. The and save. He, yeah, and he had the save, yeah. So they didn't they show did. the one on one? No, where he put it wide. No, I'm pretty sure oh, they right. didn't. Which well, is very odd. That's a bit odd. Yeah, yeah, because that was that was the more the presentable chance. chance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, the 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 save, fair enough. It's it was a first time hit from a knockdown, and you've just got to try and pick your spot and and put your foot through it. in, in that case, and you know it's inches and the other side, and the keeper doesn't make that save. But the one on one, he really should have scored that. I think yeah. you almost wonder if he was expecting the whistle to blow for offside. He definitely wasn't offside, um, and. He just rushed the shot slightly, I thought. He did everything right till the finish, which sounds like a cliche, but it's it's true and it he should be in that position more he's he's good enough to be in that position more um and it was mm. yeah it, it that that was the moment really wasn't it it was it, you felt if they'd have scored that they still had a little bit of time they could have actually gone on and got something out of the game because i don't think reading would have rallied again but it's what it is and it's another defeat. We've spoke about it before, Steve. You, you you will immediately say, you know, win, lose, draw. That is pretty much what's going to happen yeah. all season. Well, you could it? probably even take the draws out of it at the moment as well. Yeah, win, lose, win, lose, win, lose, isn't it? Yeah. And I would say that the, from everything we've talked about, the, the good part of this is that we're going into a section of the season where he can rest a few players. And there are players on that team that I would suggest are desperate for... Uh, a week off. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm just looking at that and Benza, the other chance again. And I think the issue is, is actually, we say he does everything right until the finish. His run is perfect. It's a fantastic through ball from Giannino Bakuna. I think his first touch takes him uh, left where he should be going right because by going left, he's running into the, the defender who's coming back across to cover. If he takes it the other way and takes it onto the right, then he, then no one gets close to him. Mm. Um, so I think that first touch forces him to, to rush the shot, actually, looking at it again. Um, and, and he ends up putting it wide. I think if he... I mean, it's this is a... That's... I think looking back at it again, I think the shot is actually, I can understand why he's taken that so early. I think it's his first touch that lets him down, but it's one of those things, it's uh, it's a split second decision and he just happens to go the wrong way. But speaking of, of going the wrong way, I mean, it's it's something we've talked about a lot, is going up the, the left-hand side, and this is part of the reason I think that we're seeing Harry Toffolo getting so 
so knackered at the moment um, is that they're still putting everything up the left. And I think that that was one thing when Josh Garoma was up there and, and he was finishing off those moves that you'd create up the left-hand side. I think it's another thing when you've got Lewis O'Brien playing on the left, who's, for one thing, just the fact that he's left-footed um, means that he's more likely to, to stick to that flank. And we've seen that if you look at the touch maps. Mm. He, he does tend to stick outside a lot later than, than say, Pipro and Benzo, who are more likely to cut inside, or Karoma is more likely to cut inside. Um, and we know that they're not great at, at, at creating those those tappings. So having a, a natural-sided winger uh, on the left and having two natural-sided wingers is perhaps not ideal. You maybe do want to have an inverted winger on one side or the other. But I think that ultimately, though, they're just not finding, they're not going across the right as often as they should be doing. And this is something we've been saying all season as well. Mm. They they seem to lack that switch of play. You know, we've seen uh, how, and again, this is a, a false comparison, um, but Liverpool, you know, get so much joy out of those switches from, from left to right or right to left. Leeds last year is a better example, probably. They had that that low flat ball uh, just to, to nick an observation from from Matt from Takes That Chance they had that low flat ball that they would ping across the pitch and, and create loads of chances out of that and Town don't seem to have that every time they look to go from left to right they have to go through Sar or Hog and it just defeats the purpose of doing it in the first place Examiner writer in Town not as good as Leeds shock <laughs> no I, I think you're, I think you're exactly right yeah and I think the the, the game plan on the right-hand side is that Mbenza has to get through a lot more work than uh, O'Brien does on the left-hand side because part of M- Mbenza, one of the reasons I've been really impressed with him so far is that he is incredibly unselfish in that part of his role is basically to take that flank for himself at times because Pippa likes to come inside and the, the, the game plan is often to provide him with a channel to do that. So Hogg drops in and splits those back to and Edmund Green end up normally as sort of a right back with Mbenza as, as cover there and Pippa has got that, that sort of brief to drift into that channel inside. They need to. They need to use the width of the pitch more. You're exactly right. Mm. They they do tend to cluster down one side, and the problem is that, you know, good managers and good opposition analysts pick up on that, and they always make sure they've got enough men over that side to cover. That's that's the reality, and they've got to, they've got to learn to do exactly what you said, which is to hit that hit that space. Um, you know, and and get that ball going. One thing I would say is that when they have Schindler in the team, Schindler tends to come out of defence and he can hit that ball. He does. We've, mm-hmm. We talked about it when the Cowleys first came in that, that he was coming in and playing that diagonal. And he can play that ball, and that's a natural the way the way he takes the ball. If you look at the the way he looks and his sort of range of vision, that's a very natural thing for Schindler to do. Saar is different because Saar's natural inclination is basically to take a touch and try to carry it a little bit before playing the ball out, and that means that often that space is is closed down fairly quickly because it is you know these are split second decisions so. I, I think it's slightly down to personnel again, really. Um, but it will be... 
I, I'm quite interested defensively sort of going forward and I'm talking about you know next season here after the transfer window whether Corbin shapes that defence slightly differently um, but yeah it it's interesting to me that he's he's sort of settled on a four for the time being when my natural inclination is I think he would be happier playing a three and playing the two wing backs now I know that's he's been forced upon him because of injury at the moment yeah. um, but I, I do wonder if that will change because if you have a three it opens space out on the pitch in a different way so that diagonal is sometimes there a bit more readily than it is when you have a four so we'll see on that one going forward yeah I mean I think it speaks volumes that over the last sort of 12 games so that we've just had those 12 games in 43 days and and Benz has had 11 shots in that time Mm. and I think a couple of them have been free kicks so yeah uh, yeah, I I I wonder how many shots has Pippa had in that time uh, about as many. So, I mean, looking at the, the wider stats, they per 90 minutes, uh, and Benz is getting 1.3 shots per 90 minutes, and that's the same as Bakuna, very slightly more than, than Pritchard, very slightly. Lighting is 1.1, Pepper is 1, Toffolo's 0.9. Um, you know, when you consider that, I know Josh Gromer, we criticised for taking too many shots probably, but he's up at 3.7. So he was taking nearly three times as many shots as, as Mbenza and uh, and Campbell's on 1.9. So I think that sort of tells you <laughs> that that they are, if nothing else, they are used to the shots coming from the left. And I think they they need to work out, as we've said, work out a way to, to get Mbenza more opportunities to, to shoot from, from open play. But that's also, there's a little bit of sort of ingrained personality to this team because you got to remember a lot of these players played a whole season with Carlin Grant yeah. there you know well more than a season with Carlin Grant there and a lot of their attack was shaped around Grant doing that so then when you get Karoma in the side and he hits form and he can do everything Grant did and I would argue a little bit more but we'll have that debate on another podcast then it's very different to just sort of not really want to play into that naturally you know subconsciously basically Basically. Yeah, mind you, I think Kimbenza does. This all said, I think his finishing has left a little bit to be desired at times. Um, <coughs> and yeah, it would be good to. See, I mean, you think back at that to that chance about against Coventry, and we've we've talked about a couple here yeah. as well. I think he's he's obviously not quite as as pinpoint sharp in front of goal, but even still, you know, if you if you give him, he's got obviously the speed and the, the positional awareness to get through and and get those one on ones. And if you give him then, then even if he's not the best finisher is still going to score more often than not you would think so mm. yeah we'll we'll see how that develops I, I think it is it's something that I'm sure that that town will be well aware of <laughs> put it that way so yeah it'd be interesting to see how that develops but yeah I think yeah obviously you can't play the three at the moment I think the fact that Hogg was doing so well in midfield he did experiment with Hogg as a sweeper I think it was at Cardiff um, and it didn't quite work as, as he would have hoped and I think probably he would he might have looked to play as a, with a three more often and if Hogg just wasn't so much evidently so much more comfortable in midfield I think we've we've barely seen I mean we talked about the centre-back options earlier and, and one we've forgotten about a little bit was Alex Vallejo who's played there before but I mean we've barely seen him um, so yeah. I think I think we need to probably talk about the subs a little bit and the fact we haven't seen you know much yeah, of the likes exactly. of Vallejo we haven't really seen much from the likes of sort of the younger players who've been on the bench We've not, we've not really seen much. 
it's all right sort of pointing at the bench and saying well it's all down to the squad and the bench can't change games etc but I think it would be fair to say that that some of these players are it was quite obvious on Saturday that they were really struggling because they were just knackered Mm. absolutely knackered and I think that I think the bench could have been used a little bit better over the last five games if I'm brutally honest with you Corbin likes to make his subs really late and the problem is that more often than not it's a case of a player getting 15 to 10 minutes with a brief to just try and win the ball and just try and press and harry a bit and it's very difficult for anyone to come on and make any sort of impact and I just think you look at someone like Harry Toffolo who he was gassed in the first half you know he was he was you could see he was he was tired he picked up an injury which he ran off um but you're not telling me at some point you know Jaden Brown couldn't have had half an hour to to 45 minutes even potentially just to give him a bit of a break Pritchard the same really came on with 70 minutes to go but I think he could have had a little bit more football to give somebody a break and it it's I, you can everyone can point to the bench and say well you know they're not good enough or they're not game changing everybody has their own opinion on that but my opinion is that I I think I don't think they're anywhere as bad as some people on that bastion of common sense Twitter would have you believe and the other thing is it's just sometimes it is just a case of just give someone a break because you can train all you want but nothing replicates the sort of going for 90 minutes in a hurly burly of a championship game with a you know with a big facing up against a big striker or a very quick winger or you know whatever your position on the pitch is and I think that neither of us think that Town are going to sort of invest massively heavily this January. And if they do, it may not all be players for the first team, it would be fair to say. So I don't think there's just going to be like this sudden influx of bodies that many people are calling for that are instantly going to be in the first team. And even if there is, we know that Corbran likes his his players to sort of train for, is it a month he likes them to train? Yeah, before so I've heard. Yeah. Before he feels they're sort of ready for first team action yeah. so he will he will put them in before that i mean we saw that with with sar and pipper and but mm. yeah he he yeah he does ideally i think like to to give them a bit of time on the training pitch and we might see that with danny grant especially because it's a big step up for him so yeah so i i think i think you've got to manage your resources slightly slightly better but again i keep coming back to the same thing which is, i think it's very easy to forget that this is Carlos Corbran's first season in management. You know, mm. youth football and managing in youth football is completely different. Complete. I mean, it's just like night and day. So to come into a league like the Championship, he he's on a learning curve himself, and I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure these are things he will look back on at some point and, and maybe change his his philosophy or, you know, maybe look and think, yeah, I do need to sort of find some areas where I can give people some breathing space. I think I would stand by the criticism we, we put against them after the Bournemouth game for, for making so many changes and, and the way that that game unfolded. But I think... I can understand him staying with the first eleven um, since then because obviously he knows that that is his his eleven he can trust. And to be fair, they've won more games than they've or as many games as they've lost with that with that eleven over the last few weeks. But I think there is somewhere in between. I think there is a spot where you make one or two changes and you 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 rotate the sides. Well, I'll run through the stats and you'll see what I mean. 
They've played 12 games in 43 days. Four players played in all 12 of those games. Four players played in 11 of the 12. And I think one more played in 10. And I think that you could probably have given, and it's easy to say in hindsight now, but as you say, give Jaden Brown a half in, in one of those games in, in place of Harry Toffolo and agree that you're going to do that regardless of, of how the game is going. You know, tell yeah. Toffolo, you know, we're going we're gonna to take you off at half time today because I know that that, that run is a of... EFL starts is a big point of pride for Toffolo, uh, and I think you upset him quite quite a lot if you say no, you, you're not starting next week because you know we've seen how proud he is of of having started. I think it's 113 games now on the on the bounce, 114 uh. something like that. But I mean, Eiting has has looked off his game. I know that people don't like Pritchard, but I don't think Pritchard even in sort of Pritchard, Pritchard at town form, I think has been no better than him, but put it that way. If you take the Reading game in isolation, they're 2-1 down 65 minutes in, and you make one sub five minutes later, having changed your mind on bringing Rowe on, um, which is when Pritchard came on, and then your next sub is Kieran Phillips with three minutes to go, and... Mm. You're not. The problem is you're not affecting a game with your substitutes. You're not. I mean, I, I, I. We have both said this at games we've been at. You know, he he could be utilising that bench more if only just to give people a break for a bit. So you look at that situation and you think, well, yeah, 65 minutes in, you need if nothing else, you just want to get some legs on the pitch. You know, some some fresh legs. And you had uh, Reading Reading bought on four subs. Uh, last week, I think they but they bought on all five. I think against them. So other other teams, it's not just about saying right. Well, I I'm only going to bring a player on who I think is completely first team ready and do a job. You you have to shuffle the pack a bit. And I mean, you're exactly right with a Pritchard one. I. There's absolutely no reason Pritchard couldn't have had 45 minutes and I think he probably would have offered nearly everything maybe Iting did. Mm. Um, and we don't really know about Vallejo. We've only we've, we've barely seen him, so we don't know whether he could do a job in central defence, he could come in and cover for Hogg. We don't really know. It's impossible for us to comment. It, it means that Saturday's team selection actually becomes quite interesting really because it means we might mm-hmm. get the chance to see one or two of these players and learn a bit about them ourselves and can they do a job going forward Carlos Corbran has indicated already that yeah he's going to look to make changes for that FA Cup game I think to, to sort of play devil's advocate back the other way um Again, I can understand why he would pick that that eleven um, because I think that is clearly the best eleven he's got available to him at the moment. And I think you could make an argument. All of those games were always in the balance. Those those last five that they played. So it was nil nil against Coventry. Uh, it was the two nil against Watford, where they'd obviously they'd established that lead. But then you know you you try to then defend that lead, and the the eleven that were playing were doing a good job of that. So why why risk changing that? The Barnsley game, you go two one down, and then you're chasing the game. I think that's that's maybe one where you could make a stronger argument for making more changes than the the two he did make. He brought on Pritchard and Diakabi, and the Blackburn game. Obviously, that again they were two one up, and you know again that they they made the changes sort of eighty four, eighty eight, and ninety minutes. And when you're winning, you you don't necessarily want to change it. I think if you go sort of case by case through each game, you can understand the logic of it. But it's it's when you look at the the whole picture, it, it you do wonder if that there might have been opportunities there. But I think this just goes back to what we were saying earlier and how Reading you know controlled that game and and took control of the game and sort of ran town into the ground. 
it's worth saying because uh, I've said it in the five conclusions and and I haven't said it here. The Reddings manager came out afterwards and said that was his team's best performance of the season. And my my counterpart who, who covers Reading for Berkshire Live, Jonathan Lowe, agreed with that. So there is an element of well, you just go up against a good team sometimes, and and the better team wins um, for but- an hour. For an hour, for an hour. that's the that thing. That first half an hour, they were pony. Yeah, that's the thing. It's for an hour. And I think we've. this is sort of the next stage and the next thing that Town need to get to is getting to that stage where they can do to teams what Reading did to them and just sort of driving them into the ground like a railroad spike by mm-hmm. by just controlling the game and making the other team do all the running and, and well, they, they, wearing them this out. This is it. I mean, we, that's the performance we've not seen from Town this season, which is where they can ride out an early storm or, you know, a, a, a slow start, but then put together, you know, a really convincing spell in the game where they just, they take it away from the other side. That's the one thing we haven't seen. And like Corbin's Huddersfield Town, at the moment, my overriding impression of them is that they, when they're good, they're really, really good, but they really struggle to put 90 minutes together. So it, 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 a lot of their games and their results fall on the opposition rather than town, really, which is we know they're going to change the personnel around. We know there's a long way to go. We know everybody's still learning here. But before the end of the season, you would like to see them put together a really canny 90 minutes, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think Millwall is probably the, the, the best we've had of that. Yeah. yeah. And even then, I think they were uh, slightly... I think the first 15 was not fantastic. But that was that was as close as we've got. And I think, to be fair, they looked, they've looked comfortable in a couple of games, relatively speaking, the QPR and Sheffield Wednesday games. But as you say, I think that's been more down to to those teams just not being um, not being very good on the day or in general. In the case of Sheffield Wednesday, and yeah, as you say, I think just just that that's why they're mid table rather than I mean that's why they're not in the playoff places, isn't it? It's just that that they're not quite there yet. And and well, it's, it's worth... fifteen point fifteen points drop from winning positions, isn't it? Yeah, which, exactly. Which tells you all you need to know about where this side is currently, which is. It's just not quite there yet. And I think, uh, I forget, where are they in the table right now? 13th. I th- I think they're, a, you know, we've talked about them finishing somewhere between 12th and 16th and it being absolutely fine, haven't we? And, mm. you know, they're right in there in 13th place and phew, that's probably about right, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, they are... Uh, overall an average side there are things they do well and things they've made great progress in um, and you know they've implemented this new playing style they've brought some new young players into the team etc they've also got some flaws and I think this sort of leads into this sort of mid-season review that we should probably do we've now reached halfway where where do you think they are how do you think they're doing how do you assess the job that Carlos Corbran is doing um, I, I, I think they're sort of two or three steps along a journey of you know 20 possibly that's that's how i honestly see it i think it's i think the recruitment drive in the summer wasn't massive and i don't think it's going to be massive in january so you're you're not going to see that high turnover in the squad like you likely are this summer um and i think he he's having to work with what he's got a bit I think he could get a little bit more from some individuals and I think as I, as I said I think he he could get more from his subs bench definitely without a shadow mm. of a doubt but I I think you you have to look at it and say well they are making progress they were coming from a pretty low bar let's be honest you know it it, it, it I think 
I think the problem is with town is that in every single area they need to do a little bit better. So it's impossible to sit here and say, well, it's absolutely fantastic and they they you know miles ahead of where they should be and all that sort of thing. Defensively, they need to be a little bit better. The midfield, we've already talked about it in the context of this game, but we've talked about it a lot this season. Just not quite right. Just doesn't quite work other than Jonathan Hogg. The attack, still not creative enough, still not clinical enough. So it's, it's impossible to sit here and say, well, you know, everything's perfect, it's been wonderful. But what Town do do now is they have found a way to score more goals. Not enough goals yet, I would I would argue, but score more goals. They've found ways to win games that they would have drawn, I think, in, in other circumstances. I think they've contrived to lose some games as well they would have drawn. It's important yeah. to say. And I think, yeah, I think the progress is tangible and real and you can see it but you have to temper it with they've still got a long way to go and we talked about before the start of the season um for reasons i won't go into i listened to our pre-season podcast recently again and we were both sort of quite cautious in saying that you can't really expect massive things this season and a like a sort of radical altering of everything and everything's going to take a lot of time <coughs> excuse me um and i think we've been proved right by that i think it is a slow a slow process but they're getting there slowly but surely yeah i would agree with that as as usual dave um but yeah i think carlos gorbrand has done what they brought him in to do in that he's changed the playing style he's implemented the youngsters um he's got got them winning games that's important to say you know their position in the table um is a big improvement on where it was last year you, you don't think they look um in any danger of anything um in terms of relegation you know it really would take a a, a massive collapse from here in terms of results to for that to happen and I think that's absolutely fine. We all would have taken that at the start of the season, and you can understand why the the club are are very happy with 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 the man that they've appointed. Um, you know, full, full credit to him for that. But I, yeah, I think there is also a time where we we hold them to a higher standard, which will probably be the start of next season, um, because. I think that there are there are obvious weaknesses and obvious flaws in this side, but at this stage of their development, when they've had such a big turnover of players in the summer and they've got a new man coming in playing this completely different style, you would have expected that that would be the case. I think if I think the the, be, the best manager in the world wouldn't have have been able to to overcome sort of those obstacles, uh, given that the task that they they've been able to do. So I can understand why they'd be happy. I think. There is, as you say, that slightly cautious note in that there are things that that need to change, and and if they don't, then 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 that's an issue. But there's also just as much evidence to suggest that they will get that sorted out. And I would say that from speaking from the people I have spoken to at the club, they're well aware of what those issues are as well, um, and they are they are determined to, to put them right. You know, they're not daft. They know that that this is a flawed squad. They're not under any illusions that that they're going to go flying up the the table in the second half of the season. They always expected this to be a project yeah i i think that i'd i'd love to be I'd love to be like far more enthusiastic and and sort of far more enthralled um, that, than I am at the moment. And it's not that I'm negative at all. It's just that you can see you can see how big a le- the learning curve is at times, and that there are clearly certain players who are going to thrive under Corbran, and there are other players that we just need to get to the end of the season, and then yeah. you know sort of just make a decision on them, shall we say, within the club. And uh, it will be interesting. 
interesting to see next season once Corbin has set his own minimum bar this season you know how how I think you're exactly right we have to then hold them to that standard next season so if he finishes 13th then that needs to be the minimum standard for next season and we need just need to see a bit more of everything but I do I, I think the midfield is the single biggest thing for me Steve I think yeah. that if you could crack that midfield puzzle so that you actually have a midfielder who does what Iting did for that very short run of games which is basically provide a lot in terms of attacking creativity but also chips in with goals because that's what Town historically have missed is a goal scoring midfielder it puts so much onus on your striker and your nominal inverted winger so your Grant or your Karoma to basically take over goal scoring duties when your midfield isn't contributing and Lewis O'Brien for all his absolutely brilliant you know abilities and we I mean me and you are we think he's absolutely superb but there is absolutely no doubt in the world that he needs to add some goals to his game that's yeah. that's it, the big he would say that himself he's, he's said that himself he thinks he's he's yeah. not good enough in the final third uh, and with his attacking play and Jonathan Hogg's never going to get you know he's he's not a goal scoring <laughs> midfielder so that's that's the big area and I think when if you if you look at the sort of football Corbin wants to play and where he wants to be, having a genuine goal scoring midfielder would make a huge difference. A yeah. huge difference. And I I think I think is a quality player and has the ability to do it, but I think he's just struggling a little bit physically at the moment. And I'm sure before the end of the season he'll adapt and come again. But yeah, over the summer getting a sort of proven championship ability goal scoring midfielder I think would make a hell of a difference, really. Yeah, and people might raise their eyebrows and say uh, or say in midfield's the biggest area given the you know the the, the slight leakiness in defence and well more than slight leak, leak, leakiness mm. the, the fact that they're conceding so many goals and also the fact that they need recruits up front but i think that the thing is is that up front or on the wings obviously the signings they need to make they they make need to be the right ones but they do just need to get numbers in that is like mm. an obvious solution is we'll go and sign some players i think with the midfield it's not a case of Go and it's, sign some players. It's, it's get more out. Yeah, it's get more out of the ones that 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 you already have. And yeah, maybe if they can get someone in who who is what you said, then then that would be ideal. But I think even then, the the players that they've got, they need to 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 make it work better because I don't think there's been any point this season where we thought, oh, that 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 was a mid that was a dominant midfield battle. We've seen team we've seen games where they've held their own against. You know, you think of that Watford game. Uh, or even and people will will laugh at this, but they were in great form at the time. The Coventry game where they they gave their all, but they're just at the moment they're having to work very very hard for everything they get. Um, and I think if they were able to take control of games in the midfield was a, a, on it a bit more, then they wouldn't have to run themselves into the ground every single game like they're doing at the moment. Yeah, and one of the things we know that Corbyn loves is to get a player to the byline for the cutback. And who do you cut the ball back to? Your late run from a goal-scoring midfielder. Yeah, and that was Iting when he got those goals. Yeah, we've seen it with Iting. We've seen it. We've seen it work. But that's like I. I think O'Brien is capable of that. But it just his his 
finishing is it it almost feels with O'Brien like he could do with, with scoring a couple however they happen just so he calms down in front of in, in front of goal a bit and yeah I mean they were they were Toffolo and O'Brien were laughing about it after the he scored one against Millwall and Toffolo mm. was making fun of him for oh you've scored one from inside the box um, yeah. and so yeah I mean I've spoken to I think I've spoken to, to Lewis more than I've spoken to to any player over since I've, I've joined the examiner and um, he said on several occasions that he's aware of that issue um, and and it's something that that he needs to work on and he is working on so it'll come we know we know he's very determined and very hard working so I think it will yeah he will you know, get if, there if you can start the other side is if you can start getting goals from that midfield then suddenly you don't feel so defensively frail yeah, because exactly. you you know that you can go and you know that one goal one goal against you makes you know, it doesn't make it seem very, very hard all of a sudden and two goals almost impossible because you fancy yourself to get on the front foot and, and comfortably get a couple back. So, yeah, it, it make a huge difference. But the midfield problem, the reason I'm saying the midfield problem is because that that's the one that where you really have to recruit cleverly, whereas you're exactly right, you know. In, what, from Watford? In, <laughs> TC23. <laughs> Whereas you're exactly right, in other areas it is just they need some bodies, they need some cover, you know, like they, they if they go through an injury spell like they have a, this season, next season, they need to be able to bring a Danny Grant in who can, yeah. you know, do a job straight away. But I, I, I think that we're both sort of broadly impressed with where what Corbran's done and what he's doing and also acutely aware of everything that still needs to be done but you you have to like th- there's no way to skip forward to the summer is there no if only <laughs> if we'd only. all love that um final question you mentioned the FA Cup and I expect to know your answer to this based on the conversation we had but would you accept if he plays a load of kids and plays a, a B team almost against Plymouth and they end up going out as a result, do you think that's the right thing to do? Yes. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, cool. I, like, they, it, put it this way, if Fraser Campbell starts that game, I don't see any point to it. <laughs> you know, because you just... If, if you... Toffolo and Pippa both need a break. I think Schofield and Edmunds Green you could leave in, though I suspect he might bring Hamer in. But maybe Edmunds Green and Critchlow. In, mm. uh, I think it's a good chance to possibly look at Matty Daly again. Uh, ben Jackson appeared on the bench again, yeah. and I wonder if it's it's worth having a look in a midfield position there and give Kieran Phillips a run. You know, let's let's have a look at him. Everybody is talking about him. Everybody is excited about him. So, yeah, let's have a look and. I think it's interesting that dear Carby hasn't didn't make the squad on Saturday. Um, does he get another run in a game against yeah. Plymouth? He's, ha- he's had know. an injury, but uh, yeah, but if he's if he's back fit on time, you would yeah you wonder whether he would whether he would play again and yeah. yeah let's have a look at Vallejo. Let's have a you know you've got you've got Pritchard there who needs minutes in his legs. So yeah, I would. If there was nine changes, I would say yeah, pretty much fair enough, really. Yeah, and I know that there's traditionalists who would be sort of appalled by that, and and I I get where they're coming from. Uh, I know that Mel certainly um, is not a big fan of of changing the team for for the cups. He feels like it's sort of it's a who the hell is Mel. <laughs> He Mel's attitude was always it's not so much a rotation and a fitness thing, but just it's an opportunity to go and have a a four nil that you don't get mm. very often, and that that is worth more than than but any rest. 
the only thing I would say is that I remember having a conversation with Mel last season about um, about this very thing, about going out and playing against a little team called Lincoln in a competition called the League Cup. Go out there, play your strongest eleven, and get a win because that's what Town desperately needed. And there would have been something to say for that, but things went very differently, Steve. <laughs> they did. And I think the situation's completely different um, as well. Mm. I think we know that this team can win. I think the players... I think the players need the rest more than they need the boost at the moment, oh, which, which wasn't yeah. the case, I think, maybe for the League Cup in either of the last two seasons. And obviously last year, they just got the worst draw they could have got in terms of it was uh, an unglamorous tie, but still against a Premier League side at the end mm-hmm. of a massive trip uh, at Southampton. So, um, yeah, I mean, if they end up, if they, as I say, if they play a weekend side and end up losing 2-1 to Plymouth, then fine. fine. Like, yeah. like people will be angry for a weekend, but realistically, by the end of this month, no one is thinking about the FA Cup anymore. There's no replays, is there? No, no replays. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> town's record in penalty shootouts, you quite fancy them if it goes that far. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Right, Magic, we'll wrap things up there. Thanks again for joining us, Dave. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Feeling good still at the end of the podcast. We always check in at the start. I thought I'd ask you at the end just to see how you're doing. Yes, I'm absolutely fine. Good. I had a bit, I had a bit of a cough, but it's not you know what. It's Good. because I ran out of water. Good. Glad to hear it. Right, Magic, we'll be back with you next time on Utabia. Goodbye. See you.